Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and beautiful Wednesday day. Trust everybody had a good day, a blessed day, and a wonderful day today. And uh, praise God, we get to come together and meet this evening and come together. And, uh, you know, even though it's virtually, uh, praise God, we still have the ability to... Uh, uh, come together and meet anyway, and uh, the Lord gives us this technology to be able to do such things. Just, I was just thinking the other day, just a few years ago, I couldn't imagine, uh, uh, you know, I was working at the uh, medical center, and I remember them talking about, uh, said they're going to come out with these uh, these things like a tablet, and uh, you can you can press on it with your fingers and it'll have all the patient's information on it and, and uh, you'll be able to look up stuff on the internet. I thought, wow, is this for real? Is this science fiction? And it's like, yeah, this, they're saying it's going to come out one day, you know, and, and you just never imagine, you know, that uh, we're actually, what we have in the palm of our hand right here is uh, uh, more information than, uh, I remember my dad talking about uh, when he was at ETSU that uh, there would be, uh, their their hard drive for their computer would would fill vast areas of of rooms over there, and what we have more, boy, three or four times more in the palm of our hands. What they had in that room is just, uh, it, I don't know. I'm just, I guess, I just get a little fascinated by <laughs> the how far technology has come, and uh, I think it's been to our t our detriment. I really do. I think it it is um, hurt us more than it's helped us sometimes in some ways. And, and when I say that is particularly when it comes to church uh, and uh, socializing. I think it's it's hurt us. Already. So that's, that's the drawback to it. Well, let's go ahead and have our opening scripture. Uh, and as I'm reading the opening scripture, if you have any uh, prayer requests or prayer concerns, by all means, put those in the comments section here and uh, we'll get to them. If, uh, if I uh, have already moved on, go ahead and put uh, prayer concerns there anyway. And, uh, and people can still come together and... Uh, Pray over that uh, uh, either way. So, our opening passage this evening will be Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. All right. As me, Peppy always says, bless this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. Uh, our prayer request this evening uh, Jane Kitchings, Kim Penix, Becky Hooks, Penny Higgins. Doug and Angie, Larky and Nancy, Murph, Chuck and PK, Troy and Ginger, Glenn Johnson, uh, Ron Thompson and family, Larry and Donna, Joe Franklin, Morris and Carolyn, Johnny and Nora, Mike Collins and family, uh, our church family, our president, and our country. So we definitely need to be praying for that for sure, particularly, uh, I'm, know, I'm sure a lot of people are on edge as to uh, what's going to happen with this uh, debate this evening and I actually sent dad a uh, 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 where you can actually sign up and then talk in real time uh, and they can ask maybe a question or something you may have and they can they, they may use uh, your question or comment in real time there uh, from uh, that uh, if you uh, register on the Fox's website so I'm hoping dad will do that and we kind of then again, it could be scary what he may ask. So it may not be a good thing. But anyway, uh, good evening there, Mr. Trailer. Uh, Mrs. White says, please keep my cousin's husband 
John Crawford, in your prayer, still, he has COVID, is doing some better, but not out of the woods yet, still on 13 liters of oxygen. Good grief, bless his heart. We'll be able to be praying, Juanita. Brandy said her, um, she has relatives up in North Carolina, and her, uh, uh, her, her, one of her relatives work over in the prison over in Johnson County, and he, uh, he's got COVID, his wife's got COVID, his daughter's got COVID, and so it's, uh, bad situation be praying for them and uh praise god her her little cousin uh, she's about madison's age uh, she got covid she's real sickly like i am said she never said you never know she was even sick so she she's over it and said she's just a little tired didn't have any problems at all i just it's just weird how it hits people different ways it really is uh robin Foles says members of my work church hospitalized with covid most definitely and uh, Martin Lefford said he's been having AFib issues. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mr. Lefford. I know that can be scary. My mother-in-law and my dad both have, uh, have had to deal with uh, AFib issues, and that's uh, uh, not to be taken lightly, that's for sure. And we'll definitely be, definitely be praying over that. So, well, let's go ahead and go for the Lord in prayer, if we may. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for giving us another day to worship you, to serve you. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for such grace and mercy and your forgiveness. Lord, I just want to lift up uh, Juanita's uh, cousin to you, uh, John Crawford. And Lord, just pray to restore his uh, breathing and uh, restore his strength. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you be with Robin Fulce's uh, friends and, uh, and churches and things that uh, are dealing with COVID. Uh, Lord, I pray to be with Mr. Ledford and help him with his AFib, that his heart will go back to uh, regular rhythm and that he won't have any problems or issues. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with uh, my wife's family who's dealing with COVID-related issues. Uh, Lord, I pray to be with Jaden Kitchings. I pray to be with our brother in Christ, Ron Thompson. And Lord, I just pray that you'll give him peace and extra strength during this very difficult time. Uh, Lord, I pray to be with Jane Kitchings and Kim Penix, and Lord, lift up a special prayer for Wendy Lee, and pray that everything go well with her. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with uh, Fran Pear and her sisters, and I pray that you'll be with uh, all the uh, prayer requests, concerns. Be with Larry and Donna Knight, and uh, uh, Lord, just bring them uh, strength and healing. And uh, Lord, you know all the prayer requests, concerns of uh, all those that are mentioned or not mentioned, all the spoken and unspoken. And Lord, let your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, let us serve you well in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think um, as far as uh, announcements goes. Um, trying to think if there was, uh, of course, uh, uh, Old Dr. Young, we bring in this, this uh, Sunday morning's message, and his message, I, of course, I always do a little, for those on Facebook, I always do the, uh, good evening, Mr. Nile uh, Barnett, uh, I always do the little advertisement to remind everybody, but his sermon title for this Sunday morning is The Gainsayers, so definitely want to come out for that, our, of course, our service times are 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. each and every Sunday morning, Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we do meet physically at the church, on Sunday evenings and on Wednesday evenings, we just do online service only. And um, again, I don't, don't want to sound like a broken record. I, uh, I still have people asking in regards to uh, children's classes. Uh, again, I'm just trying to give it just a, I just want to get a few more weeks, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, Johnson County just had this huge spike. Uh, I, I know there are some other places, too, that are dealing with some uh, issues uh, with the kids. And, and so I just want to... I'd rather be safe than sorry. I know it's an inconvenience, and I apologize, uh, but um, uh, let's just give it a few more weeks. And uh, if nothing changes, everything's 
good, then maybe we can address that then, and uh, we'll say uh, two weeks from today, all right, three weeks max from today, and if nothing has changed, then maybe we'll go ahead and I don't see no reason why we can't open up and have children's church and evening classes for the kids, but we'll, we'll give it, uh, let's give about two to three weeks max, and then we'll go from there if that's okay. And of course this week, with it being fall break, uh, my family, um, I decided to take this uh, uh, week uh, off from uh, the live devotions in the morning, and so I'll... Um, uh, but Lord willing, Monday, we'll get back uh, on that. Sometimes, even when my family don't have a break, sometimes it's uh, good to, uh, uh, for me to take a little mental uh, break there uh, every once in a while. And if you know me, I don't have much uh, mental to lose, so uh, <laughs> it comes in very handy. So, uh, and yes, Sharon Boyd, I uh, see that you've just come in, and we, were, we did have special prayer uh, for your family and those that are dealing with the COVID-related situations. We just got done having prayer and uh, just address that. But thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate that. All right, so tonight we're going to look at specifically Titus 5 through 7, and we may try to get in verses 8 and 9 if, if time allows. But, uh, but specifically right now, let's look at Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. So if you have your Bibles handy, be sure and uh, look that up so you can highlight, uh, make notes. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles handy, of course, always try to make it uh, easy for everybody and uh, where you can read along with me right here. So let me get that here. Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put out I'm sorry, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. All right. Praise the Lord for his good word this evening, and uh, let's go ahead and have another word of prayer, and then we'll dive into this if we may. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much uh, for all that you do for us, and uh, Lord, let's pray that you'll guide us in your word. Uh, Lord, fill uh, this room and every room that is uh, uh, watching this evening with your spirit, that you'll lead us, guide us, direct us in your word. Uh, help us to learn, help us to uh, apply to our lives, and uh, let it be used for your glory. Lord, we praise you and honor you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, uh, what we're specifically looking at here uh, this evening, and it's something we kind of hit on here recently in regards to the qualifications for elders, uh, for pastors. But this is also something that could be applicable uh, to us as Christians, not just pastors, but something that we can all learn and glean from and make applicable to our lives that we need to be demonstrating in our day-to-day -day living. And so, you know, even though uh, this is specifically uh, directed towards elders, it's something we all need to uh, uh, use. Now, one thing we need to look at here, and I find very interesting, let's look over here at First um, uh, Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 7. So I want you to look over here at 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 7. It says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happening among you, that we be delivered from... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm reading 2 Thessalonians. 
I do that all the time. <laughs> I apologize. All right. I'll get it right this time. First Timothy 3, 1 through 7. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for his own church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up without conceit, fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. Now, we see this very these similarities when you look over here at Titus uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 5 uh, through Nine, if you will, if you want, you know, if you want. But, uh, but verse five says, "This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might have uh, put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers, and not open to charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant, quick-tempered, or drunkard, or violent, or greedy for gain." So we see uh, the similarities. And uh, it's kind of interesting uh, why they're not identical. I, you know, I think it's kind of interesting uh, that they're very similar, but they're not identical. And Crete, you know, as we were talking about, it was a very, uh, uh, they were known as liars and debaucherous and troublesome. And they were this full of a bunch of little cities. And one thing that Paul always tried to do as soon as a church uh, opened up was to establish uh, an elder uh, there in that church. And so, you know, right now what we're looking at uh, is the integrity of pastors uh, in churches. And uh, it is applicable to then as it is today. Now, what we're studying here this evening, obviously nobody uh, could possibly um, nail every aspect and say, hey, I've, I've hit every one of these and uh, I, I've got, I'm good to go. You know, you'd have to be perfect. Uh, this is a guideline. This is something for us to aspire to. You know, as I said, we're in a constant state of growth. We should also be trying to have that, that mind of Christ. We should also be striving to do what is right in God's eyes. And, uh, and so that takes growth. That takes time. Uh, it's not easy, but that's something that we have to strive for. That's why I just spend that time in prayer, spend that time in the Word, spend that time reevaluating uh, how we think, how we act, what we say in accordance with God's Word. You know, and you know, because we're imperfect people, so many people use that as an excuse to not to do better. They say, "Well, I'm imperfect, so God knows that," and they just keep on in the same uh, routine that they've always have, instead of addressing the issues that are wrong and knowing that is wrong and try to do better. Uh, and as in servitude to the Lord, and that's you know something we're looking at here. In fact, uh, and we're looking at looking at integrity in particular. Uh, there was a book, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Um, let's see here. I think it was. Um, oh goodness, trying to think of the name of it. Uh, something uh, stories I like to tell my friends uh, was part of the title. But I keep remember the very first uh, part of that. But anyway, the point is that he made in, in one part of that book was that um, there was an officer uh, that he uh, brought, uh, I guess, into his office, and uh, apparently he had been cheating. And so uh, Eisenhower said, listen, uh, are these your cards? He goes, oh, I, no, I don't think those are your my cards, you know, and uh, he's kind of stammering around. 
And he said, look at the, the marks on the uh, edge of the cards. Now, you tell me these aren't yours? And he, he said, well, yeah, they are mine. He said, well, you've got two choices. He said, you can either uh, resign for the good of the military or you can face a court-martial. And he said, I'll resign today. And he said that uh, later on in the week, here come a congressman and the, and the man's father uh, in there who was supposed to be a, 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 a prominent a constituent uh, for this congressman and he said listen uh, won't you just transfer him over to uh, uh, another division another part of the military he said no he said that that makes it somebody else's problem he's not going to change and uh, and I'm not going to do that and uh, he said well at least take that off of there that for the good of the military he said no I'm not going to do that either Say that you know that uh, you know he, one thing they were talking about was that if 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 Eisenhower and this this happened today, uh, they would say that he was too harsh and that he shouldn't have done that. And I could see that you know they say well that was on his personal time. What does it matter? But the point is, uh, he was looking uh, you know for an officer to lead those in battle had to be a man of sterling conduct of uh, of integrity. And if he was going to be shady. Uh, in aspects of his life, then he couldn't be trusted to lead men into battle uh, to do the right thing in those areas either. And, uh, and that goes back to those who are pastors. You know, if, if pastors were held at a higher uh, aspect in their integrity and in their uh, business dealings, and, um, you know, it makes you wonder how many pastors we'd actually have left. And, you know, one thing that we see here. Is, is talking about how the pastors are, you know, are those of integrity, those who are no different in the pulpit, and those who are at, uh, at home. And that's one thing I also always say about my dad. He was never any different at home, and he is at the pulpit. He didn't put on, you know, he wasn't like uh, acted one way at home and was just nasty and and did bad things, and then went to church and acted like he was um, super good. You know, he he's just as mean at home as he was at the pulpit. You know, he just he's always the same person, and I've always respected him for that. And that's one thing I've always tried to do uh, as well is, uh, you know, if I if I mess up, then I'll tell my kids, hey, I messed up. You know, let me ask the Lord to forgive me. I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have responded that way. I shouldn't have done this. You know, I tried to, to make it a teaching moment for them so that they understand that, hey, you know what, uh, he's not perfect. And, you know, and that's one thing I've always tried to tell my kids, listen, all I expect you to do is just be the best you that you can be. I just want you to don't. I, I tell them, so don't worry about what mommy and daddy thinks. Uh, and I said, I want you to concentrate on what the Lord thinks. What does the Lord want for your life? What is what would Jesus have you to do? That's what I want you to think about. And when you mess up along the way, and you will mess up along the way, realize that you're forgiven, that you are loved. Pick yourself back up, and you just keep on moving, keep on trucking. You know, there's no none righteous, no not one. All we have to do is just keep on moving forward. And, you know, it amazes me the um, those who call themselves Christians who have made such compromises with the world. You know, I, it, it just um, it shocks me. It really does. It is uh, particularly pastors, Christians alike, uh, particularly when dealing with uh, the topic of homosexuality. Uh, in fact, I um, was addressing that very issue uh, earlier today. I wasn't, haven't really felt too hot today for some reason, and uh, so I was. Uh, uh, somebody had posted something on Facebook in regards to uh, some erroneous, uh, I mean erroneous, uh, views on homosexuality, and and so I uh, I tried to as nicely and as kindly as I could. Uh, to address the issue of, uh, you know, one thing they always try to throw out is, 
mixed fabrics and you know uh, I, I try to tell people uh, you know God's not saying it's wrong to wear polyester okay that's in regards to uh, not to uh, be cross-dressers uh, you know and there are several other things on there as well in regards to divorce and pornography and sexual uh, things in, in general and uh, I was truly shocked there's some people that commented that uh, that I knew uh, from a while back and still consider them friends but uh, their their view of live and let live that uh, that bothered me you know uh, we need to have a sense of integrity a sense of right and wrong a sense of uh, biblical uh, values uh, you know yes God's word says love Lord thy God with all of our heart with all of our soul with all of our mind with all of our strength and love our neighbor as ourselves that's true but it doesn't mean that we condone sin you know we, we don't no matter whether it's gay or straight, we don't condone and justify sin. And to live and let live is erroneous. Because when you see someone heading down a path of destruction, and you're just sitting there idly by saying, well, live and let live, who am I to say anything? And there's, and they're, they're heading off the, the precipice of a cliff. Then that's on you. You know, if you were, I mean, you look at it in in a in, in a physical sense of you're standing there and somebody is blind and they're headed for uh, uh, so I mean uh, for a deep drop off of a cliff with jagged rocks and they would be severely hurt and killed and you did nothing about it. What would the people standing around and look at you and be like? Man, I can't believe I got to stand there and let that blind man just walk right off that cliff and didn't say anything. But it's exactly what you're doing. And what's worse is you're sending them to hell because you're making these people think that, oh, well, it's no big deal. Apparently what I'm doing is no big deal. It's okay. Uh, the, these, there's Christians and pastors out there are trying to act like it's, it's nothing. So, you know, I guess it is okay. Man, that's on you. And that is wrong. And, um, and of course, this, uh, there were some homosexuals that were not pleased with uh, my biblical viewpoint uh, in regards to uh, homosexuality, and that's fine. That's that's completely their right to disagree, but um, but it still doesn't make what they're doing right. And that's one thing I try to explain to them. I said, listen, what I want to do is uh, is I want to explain to you Jesus. You know, I want to show you the love of Christ. See, I can't. You know, I can sit there and and condemn and 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 tell them they're going to hell. That's not going to change them. The only thing that's going to change them is Jesus Christ. So if I can just get them to, to the church, if I can just show them Jesus, if I can have an ability to show them Christ, Christ is what makes the heart change. Christ is what touches the mind and the soul. Christ can make that redemption. Christ can make that reconciliation, that sanctification. Only Jesus can do that. I can't. If I can just get them in that, that general uh, uh, direction, uh, then Jesus can take it from there. But I just want to show them the way to Christ. And because they believe the lie of the world uh, is, uh, you know, is sad, to say the least. And they think that what they're doing is okay because the world, instead of condemning a sin, condemning something that is wrong, and, and, and all sexual sin is wrong, whether it's gay or straight, uh, is, is to condone that would be wrong. And, um, and then the, the individual... Uh, on the post, who originally made the post, said, well, Jesus never said anything. I was like, whoa, no, Jesus didn't specifically say that, but he did allude back to Genesis and talk about uh, a man is to, to leave his family, to marry a woman, the marriage is between, I'm paraphrasing, the marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, he made it very clear uh, that, um, uh, that uh, what the roles were to be for man and woman. 
and uh, in the fact that uh, Jesus didn't have to uh, uh, specifically point out uh, every single sin to say that it is wrong, you know, is it, pretty well understood. Homosexuality is wrong. So we see it repeated in the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, that, you know, and that uh, pedophilia is wrong, stealing is wrong, murder is wrong, you know, all these things are wrong. Uh, so that's why we have to take a stand as Christians and and have some some integrity about ourselves to stand for what is right abhor for what is wrong is not is there anybody perfect no there's none righteous no not one there's nobody perfect at all not one person is perfect but we know that we are forgiven and that we are loved and we have to keep trying to do what is right you know that's one thing i have to hand it to my father he has always showed a man he's always been a man of integrity a man of honesty and um you know there's times when he's done things i'm thinking you know, then I was thinking, well, you know, what does it even matter? You know, why would he uh, even address such an issue or, or confront somebody with this, that, or the other? You know, but looking back, I was like, you know, that was showing some real uh, integrity and honor uh, by doing some of the things he did and, and treating people with the kind of, even though he was stabbed in the back or was treated wrongly, he would still show them compassion and love and forgiveness, showing them Jesus. And at the time, I didn't understand it. But looking back, I could see exactly what he was doing. And I wish I could always say that I've always been a man of integrity, a man of honor. I can't say that. I've done some uh, some things in my life I'm very embarrassed about and, uh, and wish I had never done. Uh, but um, you know what? That's one great thing. God loves us. God forgives us. And we learn from those experiences to do better uh, going forward in our lives. Um, now, let's go ahead and let's, let's take another look at this here. Hold on. I'll drop something here. Give me one second. All right, sorry about that. Shoot, wait, you always know when you're fat, it's hard to bend over, <laughs> get back up again. But, uh, all right, so now, uh, we look at um, these verses here. So we look at um, verse 5 of Titus chapter 1. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might, uh, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town, as I direct you, as I said, uh, that Paul wanted to... Uh, uh, Put in place uh, an elder whenever we start a new church. If anyone is above reproach, all right. So let's take a look at that there. So if anyone is above reproach, now uh, we can see that, and we you know we're just looking at um, uh, we're talking about man of integrity, and we look at First Timothy uh, chapter three, uh, verse two. Hopefully, I get it right this time <laughs> instead of looking at Thessalonians. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. So we see that again. Uh, that um, that he is um, uh, uh, doing the right thing, that he is showing that um, that he's being honest in all areas of his life, uh, that he is, um, um, my mind's gone blank here just a little bit, hold on here, uh, that he is, um, my mind has just went completely blank on me what I was going to say, um, What was I going to say? Mine just went completely blank on me. I just can't believe that. Um, <laughs> I just went completely right out of my head. Uh, I hate that when that happens, man. Uh, but anyway, that uh, um, they're showing that honesty. We'll just leave it there. We'll just show showing that honesty. There's something I was really wanting to hit on right there, and uh, for whatever reason, I just uh, had a brain burp for whatever reason. But anyway, uh, better approach the husband of one wife. Okay, so, in other words, a one-woman man, okay? Uh, you know, we hit on this before uh, in regards to um, how sometimes these verses can be interpreted. 
uh, you know, there is uh, you know those who would say that uh, uh, this is speaking out against uh, polygamy. You know, I don't know why in the world anybody want uh, more than than one wife. I um, uh, I'm getting nagged at by one is enough. I can't imagine more. <laughs> I'm teasing. I love you, Brandy. <laughs> but uh, you know, I. Uh, uh, that you know, or you know, people try to say, well, you know, dealing with um, uh, divorce. But you know, again, there's things in our past, uh, you know, that we've messed up, we've made mistakes, and you know, if if everything that we see for the qualification for an elder had to be exact before being a pastor, there'd be very few pastors out there. Um, and we've made our mistakes in our past, and so we have to strive to uh, to we have this guide. Uh, to to try to strive for and uh, you know so to be a one woman to be faithful you know uh, to that one individual and it is um, you know it's one thing my wife and I it's hard to imagine golly it's hard to believe that this coming April we have been married 20 years it don't seem possible I mean it honestly does not seem possible that we've been married for 20 years uh, it just um, uh, time has flown by. I mean, it really has. Uh, it just seemed like just yesterday we we're getting married. Just like yesterday, Dad was looking at me before we walked out there, and he said, "Make it work," you know. And uh, uh, it is. Uh, but you know what? I praise God. Uh, that's one thing I was talking about Sunday morning. That she is that uh, that help meet, uh, if you will, uh, that we see in I think it's Genesis two eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where we get that word help meet or help mate. Um, she is, uh, uh, she is, the, she, she fits, she's complimentary, uh, she's my better half, if you will. Uh, we have, we've had our ups and downs, uh, we've had uh, some knockdown, drag out fights, we've been on the verge of divorce because, we, you know, just, that's what, you know, but praise God, the devil held us, helped us to work through those things. Brandy said, I heard that, so. But it is, uh, you know, so I praise God that um, he uh, uh, that he put us together. And uh, so it's important, you know, and, and what's bad is you have a lot of pastors out there that has hurt uh, the church, that has hurt uh, the um, Christian witness. Uh, just like I was, I was you know, there was a gentleman I met several years ago, and uh, a mutual friend said, you know, he's, you know, I was like, you know, he seemed kind of, wasn't very friendly, and he said, "Well, let me explain why." He said, uh, "When he found out she was a preacher, that's why he got he clammed up, didn't say much because the last church he attended, uh, the pastor ran off with his wife." And I was like, "Oh man, you know, it's just garbage like it is what um, uh, what's what what hurts the pastor, what hurts Christianity." Uh, you know, when you uh, uh, start talking about um, uh, sexual sins. Uh, they, you know, uh, whether it's um, sex outside of marriage, whether you know adultery, pornography, all these kind of things uh, that uh, that um, uh, you, you know that is wrong, uh, and then you have garbage like it. You know that's what people say. Well, yeah, but you hear about such so and so who ran off with you know, uh, or instances where uh, pastors ran off with a staff member's wife, and uh, you know, all, you know, it's just it's crazy. And, and what's even worse is they do this and then and remain in the pastorate. Uh, that is, uh, it blows my mind uh, that uh, these people are unrepentant uh, and continue uh, in the about me behind the pulpit. That is um, not good, not good at all. So that's what we see here: that uh, uh, to be of reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers. Now, uh, 
And of course, it says not to be open to charge of debauchery or insubordination. Now, looking at this, and of course, some people want to reference um, uh, Proverbs, uh, let's see here, um, I want to say 22 6. Uh, Train up a child in the way she go, and he shall not depart from it. Um, I want to double check me on that, uh, make sure I, I said that right. Um, they try to say, though, that the. Um, that all children have to be believers uh, before, uh, or they're not, um, or you can't be a pastor. And you know, and of course, you know that's that's one one controversial part about this that some try to say that, you know, uh, if you're a man of integrity, if you're demonstrating Jesus in the home, uh, if you're seen reading your Bible, seeing a prayer, you're trying to raise your children in the right way, in the right direction. Hopefully, Lord willing, they will be believers. Uh, they will um, uh, demonstrate Christian attitudes. They'll accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That will be good. But, you know, there's sometimes, no matter uh, the example you live at home, you demonstrate at home, uh, not, sometimes not every child will be a believer. And you can't hold that against someone trying to be a pastor. Uh, you know, you can't force your kids to be believers. You can demonstrate it. You can teach them just like you do anywhere else, but you you, you have to live it up to them uh, to choose to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, now, I remember I come to know the Lord when I was about uh, seven or eight years old. I remember I was in the parsonage uh, beside of uh, Liberty Church of the Brethren where Dad used to preach at, and I remember uh, laying on my, it was a, what they call a captain's bed, and I remember Dad uh, explaining um, what Jesus did on the cross, and uh, and I remember praying that sinner's prayer and accepting Jesus Christ our personal Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior at that moment. Now, there's some people that give you the exact date, time, weather, <laughs> patterns, and everything. You know, I can't give you an exact year, time, and month. And you know, if you if you can, hey, more power to you. But I, I can't do that now. My kids, they uh, they were both saved probably roughly around the same time uh, that I was, uh, at, my, at that same age. And um, and I will say, you know, they uh, uh, I'm very proud of my kids. They've always been very polite. Uh, they've always um, uh, tried to do the right thing. Uh, my daughter in particular, she's really, in fact, um, I was very proud of her. And I, I mentioned this here the other day, uh, that she, uh, there, she was on a, a forum. Uh, and uh, these people, these these kids from, um, I don't know, it was like a Christian club or whatever it is she was into, uh, majority of them thought that they could lose your salvation. And I was very proud of my daughter because apparently she had been, uh, she she actually listened to her old daddy and her granddaddy, and he, she said, what do you think, God's got a bigger razor truck and wanting to take your name on the last book alive? I was like, yeah, get them, girl. She, she, uh, she, she let them know for, uh, for certain that if you, if you mean that and you've prayed that sinner's prayer that uh, you can't lose your salvation. I was very, very proud of that. That's just one is. There's been several instances where she has really stood up for the Lord. In fact, she's re repeated, uh, parroted a few things her grandfather said in school that... Uh, <laughs> wonder we didn't get a phone call that was like oh no you probably shouldn't have said that at school <laughs> but, uh, I can't remember what it was now it's something political I can't remember what it was that she said it out loud when she was in elementary school it was like oh <laughs> Papa's gonna get you in trouble 
But uh, so I'm very, very proud of her and my son both. I really am. But, you know, and again, in regards to, uh, you know, my dad, he raised me uh, in a Christian home. Him and my mom both, uh, good, you know, they love the Lord. They, they raised me in a Christian home. Uh, you know, and I did try to do, uh, I feel like I tried to do the right thing for majority of it. But when my friend Lance died of cancer, uh, that I really got in the world. And I really turned my back on the Lord. I regret that. Oh my gosh, do I regret it? Uh, I just give anything if I can go back and uh, and and change that. Uh, and I really got it in the world. That's why you know when I see that here, people try to say, well, uh, you know, uh, and his children are to be believers. And for people to say, well, uh, if if they're not believers, then he hasn't done their job. Well, I don't. I'm not going to go. I, mean, I was never a a non-believer. I just quit. Uh, uh, trying to live for the Lord like I'm supposed to, and um, and so and that wasn't on my a reflection on my dad. He did what he's supposed to. He and my mom, they did what they're supposed to. They did raise me in the right way. But I made the decision on my own as a, a grown adult to get out in the world and do the things I shouldn't have. And that wasn't a reflection on him. That was a reflection on my immaturity and uh, uh, my uh, not only emotionally, spiritually, and mentally uh, as to why I did the things that I did. And I do have heavy regrets, so there's no reflection on him. So anyone wanting to be a pastor, and again, you know, that's another thing that brought up on this uh, little uh, debate thing, if you will, uh, was that um, uh, that women are supposed to be pastors. And I said, that's right, women are supposed to be pastors. Uh, I said, you know, we're, we're seeing qualifications for elders right here. Uh, and and it's a husband of one wife, if you tuck nothing else, if you put that, how are they going to fit that bill? You know, I mean, right there alone, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there a man, a man is to be the head of the church. This is Christ is, is the head. We are the under shepherds. He is the shepherd. Uh, it is masculine. That is the way it is supposed to be. A man is to be the head of the church, not a woman. Now. That's not to to say that a woman cannot teach, a woman cannot be a part of uh, ministries of the church, that a woman can't be out on the mission field. It's not saying that at all. They, they can very well do so. There's been a lot of great, good, godly women out there. Uh, you can look at scripture, uh, to the shame of the men, uh, women who've had to step up and do the things for the Lord because the men there weren't men out there to do that. Uh, so, you know, uh, again, the Bible does uplift and glorify women uh, in, in stark contrast to other religions who have not and do not uh, glorify women. Uh, the Bible uh, was revolutionary in the fact that it allowed women to worship in the temples and do the things that no other religion would, would allow. So it's not degrading women by no stretch of imagination, not, not putting them down. So if any feminist is watching this, uh, you know, be be aware. It's, it, I'm not uh, putting women down. It is just the order of how God has set these things up. This does manage to be the head of his household. And I hit on a Sunday evening. Uh, you know, there's a lot of women don't like to, to hear that. And no man's going to, you know, kind of deal. But, you know, it is um, that is the way God has ordained it. But, you know, again, when it talks about wives submitting, it is talking about in the spiritual sense and the fact that man is to be the head of the home spiritually. So before anybody gets their, their selves upset, uh, make sure we are in a complete understanding as to what I'm saying here. Uh, and the children are to be believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Now, when we look at this here, and not to be in charge of debauchery, okay, or uh, one thing that's talking about in regards to that is uh, not to be like the prodigal son, 
not to be uh, careless uh, with money. Uh, that you, that's all the thing that you uh, care about uh, is, uh, is, is, is money issues. Uh, in fact, there was a, um, a Greek word uh, in, in response to that. Um, hold on, let's see here. Um, trying to find it here. There's a Greek word, uh, a specific response to that. Um, well, any other time, uh, oh my goodness, let's see here. Well, okay, yes, here it is, uh, uh, Sotia, there it is. Uh, you see that in Luke uh, 15, 13, uh, incapable of, sa of saving, uh, not discipline. Uh, there's a lot of men. There's a lot of uh, people out there. That's all they care about is money. They don't care how they get it. They don't care how crooked they have to be to attain it. Uh, and that's one thing. As a pastor, uh, we have to be good stewards of our money. We cannot be. Uh, 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 there's again it goes back to a lot of churches and pastors out there that uh, gives Christianity a bad name because that is all that they care about is money. And they don't care to, to compromise of God's word. They don't care to preach peace and prosperity. They don't care to preach these things um, that um, they know will draw large crowds because all they care about is money. And they, they will, they will it's just whatever uh, uh, makes them happy, they'll blow every penny they got on anything that makes them feel good kind of deal. You know, that's what it's talking about. And there are those out there to the opposite end of the spectrum who are Tyler Dick's hat man. There has to be a, a happy medium. And, you know, that's one thing that I've, I've had to really um, uh, learn the hard way, and I try very hard uh, to be a good steward of God's money. Uh, you know, that's one thing I think we have to look at. You know, that's why I say this applies to not only as pastors, but us as Christians. All right? That, you know, as Christians, we need to understand. Like, you know, when we tithe in particular, you know, and I, I know people, you know, a lot of people are like turning a deaf ear already. Oh, he said the word tithe. Here he goes. He's going to be begging for money. No. That's one thing you will not hear our church do is beg for money. You know, that's what we've always believed. God's work done God's way will have God's provision. We know that God provides for us. We don't beg for money. And we only take up offering. The only time we take offerings on Sunday morning. That's it. You know, there's a lot of churches do every time, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday. Man, they got that, that played out. You know, I, I told you about the time when I was graduating with my bachelor's degree in Atlanta. Uh, as a predominantly uh, Baptist college. And they were taking up offering at graduation. I, was, I, was, I remember sitting there, and they were handing around the offering plate. I looked the guy beside of me. I said, dude, are they are they, they giving us the offering plate? He said, yeah, and he's reaching for his wallet. I said, the heck with them. I said, they got this school's got enough of my money. I ain't going to you know, give them more. And he goes, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I don't think you put anything in the offering plate either. That was just ridiculous. You know, they sort of charge a fortune for tuition. They had the nerve on graduation to hand around an offering plate. I just, it's insanity. Uh, but, you know, that's not what it's about. Yes, there are needs. There are things that, you know, a church is very much like a business. You know, we have to keep the lights on. We have to pay insurance. Uh, we, you know, we have uh, costs that come up. We have, you know, uh, the benevolence. You all wouldn't believe the amount of benevolent calls that we have. People want to help with their rent or lots or car payment. I mean, uh, you know, if, if the government ever taxed churches, there's no way in the world the government could handle the amount of benevolence that the church helps take care of. 
And uh, there, there's so many people out there that don't understand that, don't realize the amount uh, that churches do and give. So, you know, uh, that's why we have to be good stewards in our personal lives with money, as well as, as the head of the church. We have to be good with our money. And I had to learn a hard way because I had the tendency to want to blow every penny that I had. I wasn't good with my money for a long time in my life. And, uh, and I didn't tithe like I was supposed to. In fact, I probably didn't tithe at all. And, um, you know, I was not honoring the Lord uh, in my life. And so it was reflective in my finances. You know, it's not, you don't tithe because, like, oh, well, God's going to bless my checkbook and I want to be uh, uh, inundated with, with riches galore. That's not how it works. That's not why you give. You give because you understand that by giving, this is God's money. And I'm just here to, to be a good steward and, and to handle it the best way we can to honor him. We're showing obedience by tithing. And it took me a long time to understand that. Hey, this isn't my money. This is God's money. And I don't care if I, if I, if I make $5 off of something. I try to tie that. I don't say that to, to act like uh, I'm like Mr. Super Christian. I'm trying to explain to you that, that I had to learn the hard way, and I make sure the Lord gets his before I do anything else. Before I pay a single bill, I make sure the Lord gets his first. It's not like you're paying a loan shark off to keep you protected from the bad people. You know, if I don't pay God, then, uh, that's when bad things, you know, that's not how that works. All right? It's not what it's about. It's showing obedience. It's showing reverence to God. And so that's why there has to be a happy medium. And if you're, if you're out there blowing every penny in order to make yourself feel good, then you need to do some reevaluation in your life because you're trying to fill a void. You're trying to find happiness, superficial happiness, with material things in the world. And you will never find it in those things. It will, that void, you will only be excited for a, a, for a brief few minutes, and then you're, you're off to something else. Trust me, I know because I have been there, done it, and, I, and it's, it, you know, that's why I told you before, you know, they, they even did a study with, uh, with Amazon that people look with anticipation uh, just like uh, at Christmas time. You know, they look for those packages coming with great anticipation. They're ripping those boxes open. They're, they're watching those shipment days. I do that. I'm bad about that. When I order something, I want to see, okay, it's in uh, Morristown. Okay, or they're in Johnson City. <laughs> <laughs> you get that box. Hey, you know, I don't care if it's a book. I don't care if it's a shirt. I, you know, it, it, you get that that rush, if you will. But then it is fleeting and it goes away. So if you have a problem with it's ordering online or buying in general and spending beyond your means, you need to address that and say, you know what, Lord, uh, help me. Uh, you know, moderation in all things. Help me to be uh, moderate uh, in my um, uh, in my spending, in my eating, and exercise, whatever it is that you are showing that moderation, that you're honoring God in those things. And like I say, I, I, these are, are very much issues that I myself have had to, uh, to deal with. So, uh, and um, so for an overseer, as God's steward must be above reproach, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. Now, you know, it is, uh, these kind of verses hit home. All right, these kind of verses are, are, are those kind of verses that, uh, that pierce the heart, if you will. That step on my toes long before they get to yours. And that's one thing that I've had to, the Lord has really had to humble me uh, in arrogance and, had to, and to uh, humble me with being quick-tempered. Uh, you know, I still had to fight it. I feel like the Lord has brought me a very, I mean, a very long way. Uh, my wife can tell you in regards to... Uh, uh, road rage or just be quick-tempered in general. Now sometimes when I'm not feeling very good and, and uh, feeling kind of 
puny. I, I still, I, sometimes that temper gets the best of me. And I have to be very careful about that. But I, I try very, very hard. Um, you know, that's one thing I pray every day. God, help me uh, to, to be a more kind, loving, and gentle man. That's, that's what I want to be. Uh, I don't want to be quick-tempered. I, I don't want to be arrogant. I want to be humble before the Lord. I want to do those things. And that is a qualification for an elder. As a pastor, we have to be very careful about that. You know, one thing I was reading, uh, I thought was, was in regards to this, was said that... Um, not to uh, to be a, you know not to strike or hit people uh, because one reason why they brought that up because there was a time when bishops were striking or hitting uh, uh, congregants who were in error. <laughs> in other words, if they were messing up, the bishops were were attacking them physically. So they were saying, "Don't do that." Okay, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine. You know, and others. I'll be honest with you. There's some people, particularly on Facebook, uh, when I see them saying and doing things that are just completely just. I'm like. What is wrong with you? You know, you're you're sitting there saying, "Oh, pray for so and so." I oh, I go to Fountain Life and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you post something with just it's just vile. You know, I'm just thinking, "Oh my gosh, why would you post that?" You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's like the awfulest bunch of, of foul curse words and and half naked women or something. I'm just thinking, dude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know, you're you're sitting out a double message. Uh, to uh, to the world, you know, you're sitting there saying I'm a Christian, and and, and then you sit there and you post all this ungodly stuff. You know, I kind of understand why where the bishops wanted to just you know to, to strike them. You know, there's times I just want to slap them upside the head and man, what, wait, don't do that. But uh, you know, but if you look over here and see in regards to that, um, let me see here. I think I want to say. Uh, uh, Yes, James uh, 1, 19 through 20. That's what I thought it was James. I want to double check and make sure. And then we'll throw that out there and it'd be for the wrong uh, point uh, that I was wanting to make. James 1, 19 and 20 uh, says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce righteousness of God. You know, so, and that is very hard. You, know, you and I both know. Right? A lot of y'all are very much like me. You know, it is, I lose my temper that quick, but then I feel bad about it, about as quick. You know, as soon as it comes out of my mouth or I lose my temper, like, oh, man, Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Why? You know, and you feel bad and you wish you could take it back and it's done out there. And, and you know, you're like, you know, what am I going to do now? So, you're, you know, so that's one thing we have to be careful about. Make sure, mark this in your Bibles. I mean, really, mark this in your Bibles. And really uh, work on this. If you have a problem with your temper and anger, you know, there's a lot of years in my life. In fact, I remember um, my daddy was trying to help me because I was just, um, had a lot of anger issues. And um, I was just angry. You know, I don't even know why. I was, I was just so angry all the time. Angry at everything and everybody. And and even at, and when I was um, called to the ministry, I still had this, uh, this anger, you know, uh, that I was still trying to, trying to sort out. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was talking about this forum, I was, uh, I was person's post in regards to, to homosexuality, and it made me feel really bad. Uh, this person said, yeah, I remember you from 10 years ago, and you were, you were hateful, and that's why I take you off Facebook. And I'm like, you know, I, probably 10 years ago, I probably was. You know, I just had this, this hateful um, uh, slant uh, uh, in regards to uh, 
those things to the world. You know, that's what I was talking about the other night, that I wasn't speaking the truth in love, that I was uh, uh, showing arrogance, uh, was uh, being uh, uh, very hateful in the way I was responding to people, and I, and I hate that. I really do. It, it, it kills me when I think about that. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I have the, the, this anger uh, that I just couldn't figure out uh, where it was coming from, you know, and I was really just trying to do some soul searching, and, um, you know, I just was really trying to pray, you know, what, 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 what's this with this anger? Why, why, you know, I'm trying to really, I thought to myself, if I had to, um, um, sorry, my computer come unplugged, um, I was sitting there thinking, you know, uh, Lord, what, what is it that I can um, to do about this, uh, that uh, I want to be more kind and more loving, I thought, you know, was it because uh, when I was younger, I was made fun of so much uh, for my nationality? You know, people find out my uh, grandmother's Japanese. They really, um, really gave me a hard time and really made fun of me. I think that had some some issues where I was bullied a lot growing up, and uh, uh, that, and you know, they made fun of me for my weight issues. I think I think that's a stem from from part of it. Uh, maybe it was um, uh, I didn't feel like I got my share in life that I should or something. I don't know. You know, I, I really can't pinpoint exactly. But I think what it was was um, being I was being prideful, uh, self-serving, coveting, a selfishness. You know, it's what it really what it boils down to is um, is selfishness. All, all I was concerned with was um, was with money and success and, and things like that. And, and, uh, and because things didn't go my way or because I had amassed uh, the quantities of things of this world that I didn't, I think, uh, fueled uh, that anger. And when I really realized um, uh, how I need to work on being selfless, uh, not selfish, uh, putting away uh, that anger, uh, I really believe that um, uh, that went a long way uh, and to help me to deal with those anger-like issues. Uh, and to try to be more humble before the Lord. And like I say, it's not that I wish I could honestly sit here and say, oh, I don't have any more anger. Uh, I don't have any more quick temperance. I would not give anything if I could say that. That would be, be awesome. But uh, sadly, uh, I, I cannot uh, can't say that. Uh, I still have to fight it every day. Uh, that's why we're imperfect people. And that's why I'm saying exactly what we're seeing here are the very things that we as Christians in general Pastors or not, that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. You can see these things here. To be honorable, to show integrity, to be committed to your spouse, uh, to teach your children, show them the ways of Jesus, uh, to uh, to not uh, to be debaucherous to be, uh, or an insubordination, uh, to be that overseer, to be that steward, to be above reproach, not to be arrogant, you know, to be humble, not to be quick-tempered. These are the things that we have to work on each and every day as Christians that don't come easy. And that's why we have to give it over to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, help me. You know, that's why we have to spend that time. How much time do you spend in prayer? How much of your time do you spend on working on those things you know you need help with? You know, I, that's what, that's the one thing that has really been on my mind a lot here lately are those individuals out there who, um, <coughs> excuse me, you don't take seriously uh, their sins, their commitment to the Lord. Uh, that you know they're they're not spending time in prayer saying Lord help me to change and fix these things help me to be closer to you help me to be more Christ like but instead say ah you know those are things I need to work on and oh well that's just me and go on 
You know, I hope people are taking seriously uh, your walk with the Lord, taking seriously and addressing those issues you know need help. That um, uh, one thing this individual said, and he was right. You know, I don't agree with what he was saying in regards to uh, homosexuality, but uh, he's talking about uh, sexual sin in general, and uh, he's talking about how uh, so many Christians are against homosexuality, but don't have a problem with pornography. And statistically, you wouldn't believe, I forgot how high the percentage was with Pornhub and things like that, uh, the amount of people who view that. And he's right. You know, he, I don't agree with him on 99.9% of the stuff he had put on there, but I do have to agree with him on that. There's a lot of men and women alike who have a real problem when it comes to pornography. And uh, they, they uh, act like it's no big deal. And that's something that, you know, uh, you need to address and you need to bring before God and you need to uh, get help in that area. And uh, if you have a problem with that addiction and you need to, uh, to get a hold of that and uh, ask the Lord to give you strength to overcome that and avoid that, have a, a, an accountability partner, uh, have parental uh, controls to, uh, to lock down uh, your computer uh, to avoid being able to go to these websites. Uh, or if you're at home alone and you know you have a problem with that, maybe you need to, uh, to have your significant other uh, to put up your computer or your phone or whatever so you can't so eliminate that temptation uh, to, to view these things that you know are not glorifying unto the Lord. You know, there's, these are areas that we have to work on because when you're dealing uh, with other sin issues, because of your guilt, because of your conviction, a lot of times will lead directly to your being quick-tempered. You realize that because you're eat up with that guilt, you're eat up with that conviction, and you because you feel so bad about it, then you're it's quick to lash out. It's quick to be easy. We see how all these things kind of kind of work together, and that's why we have to to uh, uh, to work on these things. In fact, that's why we need to be very sure to look at. Um, let's see. I think it was um, hold on here. I don't know if I wrote it down or not. Uh, Philippians. Let's see here. Um, hold on here. Let me get over here just real quick. Um, I wrote that first down. I don't think I did. Yeah, Philippians 4.8. That's what I was thinking of. I just want to be sure. Uh, finally, brothers, whatsoever thing is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. All right, those are the things we need to focus on. Those are the things we need to think about. Again, Perfect verses to underline, to highlight, to dwell on, to memorize. All right? that, that is how we fight back. That's how we battle is memorizing uh, these passages so that when we feel the temptation to do the things we shouldn't, we can go back and reflect upon these verses and fight back when the devil attacks. So be sure and underline uh, those, those very things uh, so that we can um, uh, be able to fight back in a proper way. Uh, drunkard or violent, or greedy for gain. You know, again, uh, going back to uh, being a drunkard, you know. You know, there's some people out there who have some uh, different views in regards to drinking. If I had to have one woman, she would come to the church because she didn't feel like uh, Dad and I took a strong enough uh, stand uh, against uh, drinking. And I hate that. She's a very uh, wonderful lady. Her and her daughter both are sweet, wonderful people. And, and I hate that that, that difference um, uh of opinion, if you will, uh, she didn't feel like the church was right. Our church was the right one for her, and you got to go where you feel led to go. I understand, but uh, you know, 
again, everything in moderation. And, um, you know, one reason why that we speak against drinking is, um, you know, it's no, no sin in having one beer or one glass of wine. There's no, there's no, no sin in that. Uh, it's just that very few people can actually do it in moderation. Very few people can actually have just a beer or just a glass of wine. That's, that's where the problem is, and it's so easy to overindulge. And so, you know, that's why you have to be very careful. But particularly as a pastor, we have to be very careful. And we have to be careful not to be a stumbling block to other people. And um, even though a beer, a glass of wine, uh, isn't sinful, to those who know that I am a pastor and they see me in the beer aisle, that can send the wrong message and uh, it actually hurt our witness. So, you know, particularly uh, as, a, as an elder, we have to be, we have to be very careful uh, about that sort of thing. Now, personally, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with drinking non-alcoholic beverages. You know, that you have those out there. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, I, I can't do it. And I'll tell you the reason why I can't do it. Even the non-alcoholic, the very taste of that beer, it puts me in a very uh, specific place, time in my life where I was not honoring God at all. And I don't like the way that makes me feel. I hate it. I despise it. And that's why I can't even do the non-alcoholic. Not that it's, it's causing me to sin, not that it's causing me to get drunk, and obviously it was, it's not. But it's just that taste, something about it just sends me back to a place in my life I, I don't like. And so I can't even do that. So that's one thing, even pastor or not, just don't be a stumbling block to those around you. So, Well, anyway, we covered a lot here, uh, verses 5 through 7. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in 8, 9, and 4 uh, coming this uh, Sunday evening. Be sure and join us uh, at 118 Julian Lane Sunday morning, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, Dr. Vic Young will be doing the morning message. And, of course, that evening at 6, I'll be doing the uh, evening message, continuing our study here in Titus. So let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Uh, Lord, help us every day to, uh, to strive uh, to do what is right in your eyes. Lord, there's no way that we can ever attain uh, the ability uh, to do every single thing that the Word of God tells us, but we can use it as a guide to strive for something, uh, to, to grow, to be like an athlete, Lord Jesus, to, uh, uh, to be um, disciplined and to uh, uh, and look and try to um, keep our eyes on the prize uh, for the crown of the glory of Christ. And Lord, let us uh, strive every day to do what is right and honorable in your eyes. And Lord, if anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide and protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope you all have a great and wonderful evening. Have fun watching the debates if you so desire. And Lord willing, we'll see you all this coming Sunday. Hope you have a good week and have a blessed weekend. Thanks for watching and God bless.